I do my frills out, deploy my nails. Baby, how you feeling? I'm gonna bite. <laughs> <laughs> But please imagine this episode in rainbow colors. We're celebrating Pride Month all month here on Zero Credits. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. Pride John, in fact. And together we're Henry and Pride John coming at you with a noticeable delay. Yes, a, a, a noticeable delay. And in fact, for Pride Month, we are uh, uh, we are like every good corporation. Uh, the only way in which we are honoring Pride is not with our practices, but just by throwing rainbows on a bunch of things. Exactly. We've pumped so many rainbows into our audio-only podcast. If you could see them, you would be blind. Oh, there's one now. I can't see it. I'm blind. Listen, imagine rainbows. First, you imagined dragons. And now, if you can <laughs> if you can stretch the credulity of your mind, imagine a rainbow. Yes, if you can look, after you've imagined dragons, which it, we all know is an impossible task cuz why why else would they name their band that? If you could stretch your mind just a little bit further and try to picture a rainbow, do that for the whole month. That's what Pride Month is about. You know, I felt the same way. It was impossible to imagine a dragon until that band, those fabulous four boys from Liverpool, came across the pond and taught us all how to do it. The Beatles? <laughs> no, imagine dragons. They're from Liverpool? <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're confused. The, the, the Beatles, and by extension, John Lennon, had us imagine generally... Uh, a world with no heaven and no hell. Right. But imagine th- all that's the people. easy. Yeah. Did I mention the noticeable delay? Yeah. All right, we're back. Uh, we fixed our connectivity issues. Uh, now the episode can really start. And I believe I was talking about, I don't know. I have no idea. I cannot remember, even though it was only a minute ago. I think we were talking about imagining dragons, which, That's you know, if, right. if you're lucky, you've imagined one. It's the plurality is where they really get you. And where I find their discography really kind of helps flesh out. Yeah, I mean, listen, I went to an Imagine Dragon show and I started to imagine a second dragon, but I, I couldn't handle the experience. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about that band is how I was just watching a random... League of Legends cartoon show, and then in the middle of an episode, they fucking show up. <laughs> it's, uh, 
So, okay, what what's the name of the League of Legends show? Arcane, I think. I believe it's called Arcane, I think. Uh, Arcane is great. It's like, uh, it's like, I'm not a League of Legends person whatsoever, but it's like an extremely well done animated series that's like anime dishonored, uh, which I very much appreciate. Uh, yeah, I really, I really, punk, yeah. they say. I really dug the aesthetic and the, and the setting. Uh, the only problem I had with it was in the middle of a fucking episode. Goddamn Imagine Dragon shows up and starts singing to the action on the screen. And if there's anything like that, just look, don't do that. Don't put, don't do that. I think it's genuinely so corny when anything other than Bob's Burgers does that. When does Bob's Burgers do it? They have like uh, some musical guests. And in addition, they have like Bob's Burgers uh, music videos for bands like Slater Kinney. It's pretty cool, actually. Okay. Well, they can they can pull it off because one, they're not in a weird steampunk fantasy setting. Yeah, and, and two, it's the band is not Imagine Dragons. Right. Though that'd be make- pretty funny if Imagine Dragons showed up in the middle of a Bob's Burgers episode. I have to abol- apologize because my dog is making noise in the background. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. Remember when we first got our dogs and you could audibly hear them screaming in the background? Yeah. Dogs are great. I do. So I haven't seen the Bob's Burger movie yet. However, I do hope for a moment the Imagine Dragons band comes on, stops the entire movie and just sings a music video during it. That That's my only wish for that movie. Oh, well, wish granted. Oh, shit. No spoilers, but you might be surprised if you see Bob's Burgers in theaters this May. I mean, it's, yeah, it's in theaters now, John. In theaters now. Yeah, May is, May ends tonight. <laughs> May en- oh, I got paid today then. Yay! Oh, you get paid at the end of May. Yeah, I get paid in the... <laughs> that's the only time I get paid is at the end of the month of May. Yeah, your pay May. It's going to be a, a long, bitter year starting tomorrow. Do you get your whole salary? I'm super far away from the mic. <laughs> Do you get your whole salary at once? Uh, just however much you've worked and how much they deem to give you. Oh, no, that's bad. Yeah, but you know, it's the perks are great. I'm super distracted because my dog keeps finding things to mess with. Normally, she goes to sleep. Today, she is being a mess. Deli is being a guest on the podcast. Deli, what are your thoughts about the war in Malaysia? She doesn't know where Malaysia is, John. Is there a war in Malaysia? There's always a war in Malaysia, isn't there? Oh, no, that's what they say. Uh, All right. Henry, I, I heard you open a beverage. I think that's time for another. If you can't tell, listeners, we're tired and sweaty. Uh, I think this is a time for another ha 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 Henry sa 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 sober cha 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 check. Uh, I mean, I drank yesterday because it was Memorial Day, and you gotta you gotta drink for the troops. And then uh, I drank all weekend because I was home alone and uh, just I don't know wanted to. And I drank on Friday because you guys were like, "Hey, come out to this brewery," and I did, and it was great. Um, so this is the first day in four days in which I'm not drinking. I think that my issue is leading up to Memorial Day, maybe at like Tuesday. I was like, well, I'll start drinking now because I'm going to drink a lot over Memorial Day. So what's it matter? 
Uh, right. So I basically had a week where I had multiple alcoholic beverages a day, which is uh, not good. It's certainly not what you want if what you want is to go to sleep with like a non-bloated feeling and then wake up feeling like still non-bloated. One of those miraculous nights. Yeah, there's almost nothing worse than the half-drunk to full-drunk sleep. I truly don't understand people who have, like, nightcaps and drink specifically so they can sleep. Drunken sleep sucks. I I mean, I will say, like, a, a nice liquor mixed drink before you go to sleep is enough to just relax me. But then the problem is, I, I like, my body where, you know, it goes through the, the sugar crash while I'm asleep, and that wakes me up. Oh no! So then it's just like, oh cool, I you know, I, oh man, I'm drifting off to sleep. It's great. And then like at four a.m., it's just like, boom, you're up. Yeah, I, uh, every time I drink, it robs me of my deep sleep, which I need for the gains. But Henry, we didn't get to what you're drinking. Oh, so last week I decided to read every word on a can of Coke Zero, and uh, this week they added more words. So that's pretty fun. So yeah, this is a Coke Coca Cola Zero Sugar All Access Pass. A QR code with a music note in the middle, a Coke Studio written on an amp. Okay, that's cool. Is Coca? I I don't know about Coca Cola's presence in the music space, but it must be significant if they have a I'm, music QR code. I am scanning the QR code live. Yes. Let's see where it's going to break 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 me. Um. It's loading. What if it just takes you to a video of uh, of Michael Bublé saying Coca Cola? Uh, it is. Your, lo- your phone oh. shuts down. It's loading a video. A oh, DJ. No. Let's make some noise. Is playing. No. Feel the beat of summer. Coke Studio. And then the logo. Okay, the video's over. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, drink in the summer, the sound of summer. You could win exclusive music and prizes all summer. You have to sign in. I don't care anymore. It's a contest thing. Listen, Coke needs to give us money. We have we have advertised Coca-Cola on this podcast maybe more than any other non-Coca-Cola podcast. Yeah, I know. We've had taste testings. We've even tracked down the elusive space Coke. We've done it all on this podcast. Those two things. I mean, listen, we deserve that Coca-Cola money. Throw some of the music our way. <laughs> yeah, just give us the latest Halsey, and we'll call it even. I'll be that DJ. Is that a part of a song? No, it's like the DJ from the ad you just saw. Oh, you... Mm, neither of us is attractive enough to be that DJ. Is Halsey music? Halsey's music, right? I don't know who that is, but... I, I don't keep up with most music. Honestly, if we're being real, most of what I listen to now is modern alt country, so I'm really becoming that guy. I don't even know who that guy is. It is also not helped by the fact that over Memorial Day weekend, uh, I shaved my beard off and now I have a mustache, so now I'm the mustache guy who listens to modern alt country. All that's missing is a trucker hat. I mean, you you already wear baseball caps, but like a trucker hat, you know? Yeah, I need a trucker hat that says, like, spleef in a diff, and no one really knows what it is, but it's ironic. And then I need to join a softball league. Honestly, this life sounds kind of cool. 
Uh, Spleef and a Biff sounds like a really cool slogan that we're about to co-op. Zero credits, Spleef and a Biff this summer. This is the summer of Spleef and a Biff. This is the first per the first <laughs> person, the first piece of Zero Credits merch, which is a hat that says Spleef and a Biff. It is ri- is a white nondescript baseball cap. Comes in one size, which is a child small, uh-huh. and Spleef and a Biff is written poorly on with a Crayola marker. They are artisanal in that we make each one by hand. Yes, we're opening orders now, and we're only going to make a handful, so please let that justify the $100 a piece price. Yeah, $100, base price, $50 shipping, and we only take Zell. Yes, and we only ship to states that border Texas. States that border Texas and not Arkansas. Yes, and also not Texas, because Texas can't border itself. Yes, even though we live in Texas, by the rules we have set out, we cannot ship to our own home state. Henry, I'm drinking a beer, not from our own state, and not a beer. Wow, I slipped into that pattern so easily. Wow, you raging alcoholic. Uh, I am actually drinking the juice of a California company. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That is... In fact, you've heard me talk about it. This brand. You've heard me talk about the brand. Um, <laughs> I'm very tired. What is happening? You've heard, me, you've heard me talk about the brand. Now get ready to hear me talk about the brand and its juice. Lagunitas, one of oh, my favorite, favorite breweries. They also they, make my favorite non-alcoholic beverage. So is it like a mocktail? Uh, it is their Lagunitas hop hoppy refresher which is uh, just a sparkling water that is flavored with hops and i don't let the hops ferment no there is no fermentation it's just it's like a sparkling water that tastes a little bit like weed and a little bit like a pine tree uh sounds awful but i'm glad you like it i love it they're so good they're they're the best they're zero calorie because i'm trying to lose a little bit of this memorial day weekend weight you know oh yeah eh, who cares uh losing weight is not a thing that is admirable in a vacuum uh but i'm trying to do it it's in line with my goals i need a suit dude needs a suit you ever seen that sequel to dude where's my car dude needs a suit yeah it's really good. Yeah, it's it's okay. Oh, you didn't like it? Uh, I thought it could be better. I thought there could be more missing cars. Oh, you would really like the 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 uh, the, the first one. Yeah, but I don't watch prequels, which is to say, <laughs> movies that came out before sequels. Yeah, you're you're one of those people who only who are flocking to the theaters to see Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I have no interest in knowing what Top Gun is about. Yeah, me either. Uh, yeah, apparently Top Gun Maverick had like the highest uh, <laughs> Memorial Day weekend opening of any film. Yes, uh, it, the the outpouring to see Top Gun Maverick is insane. Uh, so much so that I saw the headline: uh, Top Gun Maverick is a marvel. Older audiences are finally returning to the movies. That's, uh, what? Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, that headline was, Top Gun Maverick is a marvel. 
older audiences are finally returning to the movies. <laughs> they make it sound like elephants who are making the long migration to the graveyard to die. <laughs> also, like, what tricky wording in here. Like, Top Gun Maverick is a Marvel. A Marvel movie? Yeah, I, I think Marvel movies have for the most part, taken that word off the table, which is fine because there are a lot of perfectly fine synonyms for Marvel. Right. Uh, also, like, it's not a Marvel because the, the the rest of the headline is pointing out that unlike Marvel films, where, which are propped up by a younger audience, Top Gun Maverick is being propped up by older audiences, thus making it not a Marvel it's it's interesting. I think I was reading something about the uh, demographic breakdown. Like fifty five percent of the people seeing this movie are thirty five or older. Yes. And the the takeaway from that article is Gen Z loves Top Gun, and I'm I don't know that that is the takeaway that I would have. No, no, it, that's that's contrary to what's being written about here. Fifty five percent was over thirty five. That's not Gen Z at all. That's your elder elder millennials. And, and the tail end of that Gen X. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I don't really care about Top Gun that much. Uh, and the first movie was good and fine. Uh, but it is Tom Cruise. And we have discussed Cruise's Law on this podcast. Yeah, we don't need to discuss Top Gun Maverick much more other than the internet is having a field day. Because, uh, of course, Top Gun is in the discourse and we are on the cusp of Pride Month. And so every like people are coming out of the woodwork to be like, oh yeah, I love Top Gun. It really like helped my awakening. I mean, and, if if you've ever seen the original Top Gun, it's it's a yeah. very it's a very sexy movie for no matter what you're into. Right, exactly. And like a lot of people who are like not into that are like, what do you mean? It's a war film. It's like I don't think it really <laughs> qualifies really... as a war film. I, I think that it's absolutely not a war film. The The amount of actual, like, fighter jet fighting relatively limited. The amount of, like, bisexual dating that happens is huge. The amount of uh, Tom Cruise riding a motorcycle around sullenly uh, because he, he can't have a romantic relationship. Huge. Uh, this movie is... It's a, it's a softy movie, which is not a bad thing. But, like... People should not be marketing that the original Top Gun was like this this huge masculine, like uh, Predator style, which Predator was largely satirical. Uh, people shouldn't be saying that with Top Gun. Top Gun was its own special thing. Yes, exactly. It was a Navy recruitment tool. It was a Navy recruitment tool, and that's why they put all those uh, men's uh, butts and chests in it because they're like, "Hey, listen, whatever you're into, it's hey, in look, the, it's in it's in the Navy." <laughs> Yeah, hey, look, we got a whole song about that called In the Navy. Also, naval recruitment tool. <laughs> yeah. The I, Navy has... The Navy's tricky. I... How do I transition from this into what I want to talk about? <laughs> I I think, what, is, are us talking about the bare butts and chests of men and Tom Cruise driving around sadly... On a motorcycle, not sufficient segue material. That, the Navy doesn't help. Um, those, really just those two things. Okay, really, let's, just... Let's try to mine this for content. Try to, try to milk a segue out of this. Um, um, 
Oh, I got it. All right. Goose. So Mike. Goose. All right. Yes. That one uh, guy's like, I want some butts. Is that. John, I haven't seen the film. Is that a line from the film? It is a line from the film, but he means it to say that he's going to get some people's butts in trouble because Maverick buzzed the tower. Oh, so. But what he's literally saying is, I'm going to get me some butts. <laughs> he literally says, I want some butts. Give me some butts. That was going to be the subtitle of Top Gun. Top Gun, I want some butts. <laughs> it was going to be. The Navy. Uh, all right, so here we go. Just as the elder population are flocking to Top Gun, uh, the younger generation is not flocking to, but is inadvertently promoting the hell out of a different movie that's getting quite the buzz. Oh? Yes, this is going to sound insane to you, John, because this movie came out in March. This movie March? Yeah, this movie has been out, to to quote John Mulaney, for a while. Uh Uh-huh. And the fact that it is still persistent... In the zeitgeist, it actually had a hashtag tag trend on Twitter for an entire week. Uh, can I guess which film it is? Please give a guess. Morbius? Absolutely yes, John. <laughs> yes. It's Morbin time. The hashtag It's Morbin time t- trended for an entire week last week. Amazing. This film came out in, like, frickin' April or something, or March, and, and, like, it is still in the zeitgeist, despite nobody, this is really, the really crazy part, nobody has seen the movie. Yeah, I I think Morbius is, I I thought a little bit about this, because I saw something on the internet, you remember that whole pondering my orb thing from what feels like a millennia ago, but was probably about five or six months ago? Yeah, there was a pondering my orb thing that like made the rounds on TikTok, which then exploded outwards. Yeah, and, and yeah, some people were pondering their morb. Yes, I, I saw a ver- because pondering my orb is something that uh, went from funny to extremely played out very quickly. I uh, the the arcs of some of these things uh, really should be visualized because it's like an immediate spike, and then oh, it sucks. And I saw Pondering My Morb, and uh, I I realized that I think Morbius might actually be, if we want to be somewhat heady about it, I think it's the first, like, mainstream adoption of the idea that comic book movies are kind of dumb and society is starting to, like, turn away. I think the ship, which is by its very nature slow to turn, is slowly turning against comic book movies. And I think Morbius is indicative of that, or endemic of that, a symptom yeah. of that. I I think the... Uh... I think any studio that wants to do sort of a more cash grabby kind of lazy superhero movie mm-hmm. are going to get called out. But the fact that, that like there, there's a lot of factors here. Cause one Marvel is somewhat tangentially involved. So like you've got that Marvel fan base, 
but then it's not part of the MCU or whatever. So it's like on the fringe of that fan base. And then the movie was apparently by all reports, terrible. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. I've not seen it. I thus cannot render it guilty of being such. Uh, You've got all these factors working together to just turn it into some good old fashioned. Let's drag it through the mud because it's funny. Uh, But the only problem is John, the people making decisions at the very top levels of entertainment don't understand irony. Yeah, they, they do not uh, care why people are talking about Morbius. Oh, and by the way, a contributing factor, I think, to this also is that Jared Leto is an achingly, not genuine, but like an achingly sentimental, try-hardy person who kind of sucks. And uh, young people uh, hate people who are very, they hate people exactly like Jared Leto. So that is definitely a contributing factor. Yeah, there's a... You're not running the risk of hurting anyone, anyone's feelings who you would not want to hurt. The young people like dragging uh, cult leaders. Jerry Leto's a cult leader. He is. Look at him. Look at him. Plus, he's got a weird, a weird. Ten- no, I don't know what to call. What's a good word? What's a good like word? A good uh, here we go. He's got a whole like pod of young women that follow him around wherever he goes. Ugh, don't like I, that. I, yeah, I chose the word pod. I don't like that. Yeah. Um. So with Morbius being all this trending all the time, uh, if you just t- Google right now Morbius two, John, you will see not one. But at least four, because that's how Google arranges the news, four articles that are saying Morbius 2 has not been greenlit. But if you don't fucking shut up about it, it just might be. (laughs) Yes. Please stop talking about Morbius. It's like, you know, the secret where it's like, yeah, you got to manifest your desires. We're like reverse secreting. Because the more we we beat the dead horse that is its morbid time and things like that, and, and the more we do that, the more likely executives are going to see all this positive engagement on social media and say like, oh, that's it. Call up Jared Leto. We know he's not busy because he's not popular. Let's make Morbius 2. I mean, I think the issue is that we have uh, reverse engineered the secret in a way because – as represented by the current Morbius situation, like uh, if you just speak things into the ether, lathe of heaven style, they will happen uh, because people don't care about intent anymore. Like people just care about engagement. Like engagement is just the metric by which things are considered to be successes. So like you're making Morbius to happen, which don't get me wrong. I'm on board because it gives us more content when we delve into the venom verse. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm every day we get closer and closer to the dark path that will be Venom, Venom Two, Morbius, Craven the Hunter, and a Madam Web movie of all things. I mean, every day we walk closer to the Dark Avengers. Oh my God! Are they the really Venomers, the Ven, yeah, the, the Venom- Venomers. Amazing, yeah. Every day we get closer, oh, closer to the opposite of God's light. 
which is Morbius's cold embrace. Morbius's cold eyes as he says, it's Morbin time, and he morbs into Morbius. <laughs> I, I like to imagine when it happens and you have the subtitles on, it says, uh, begins morbing. <laughs> Morbin. <laughs> More being intensifies. Absolutely. There's the yeah. episode title for you. So just a collection of uh, really good tweets. Uh, a random person in all caps writing, People, the algorithm does not understand irony. You are ma- manifesting Morbius 2 into existence. Accurate. Uh, here's a picture of the crusty crab from SpongeBob exploding. With uh, Mr. Krabs and Squidward being blasted away from it with the caption, the theater when Morbius says it's Morbin time during Morbius 2. Very good. Yeah, because that's that's one of the cruxes of this, right? Like the, because the internet loves a manufactured hoax. Uh, they they are manufacturing a hoax that the line "It's Morbin time" is in the film. Yes, uh, th- this is yeah because it's going to be fan service at that point, and then it's like, look, we're doing the thing that Marvel does, where like the characters say the lines you want them to say. Only they're you know we want Morbius to say it's Morbin time ironically, and if you actually did it, I feel like we'd be a little disappointed in everyone involved. <laughs> I mean, the problem with studios is the, should we manifest Morbius 2 to happen? Uh, if if that did happen, it would happen in the most, like, uh, neutered, unpleasant way and would rob you of any desire. Because th- he'd be, like, meeting with, like, a science lady uh, who's, like, telling him about a, or he's revealing his Morbius secret and she's like, what, when you transform, do you say, like, it's morbid? He's like, not exactly. And right. uh, it's just, no, it's not good. Yeah. So really on the nose for this next tweet, uh, I, th- you might actually be the friend from the tweet. Uh, my friend has a theory that in the sequel, they will lean to the meme and will have Morbius meeting a plucky sidekick who looks up to him and says something like, you need a catchphrase. How about it's morbid time? And he will be like, No. But in the end, he embraces it. Yeah, there would not be the embracing of it, I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think that would happen. I I okay. just know that when studios give people what they quote-unquote want now, it's the worst possible version. Right, exactly. Uh, so it's going to be this, because here's a list of demands for uh, Morbius 2 uh, coming from somebody named uh, Wikimimia, which is a uh, oof, very good name. Uh, what Morbius 2 needs to be successful, uh, sex scene, it's Morbin time, Venom cameo, separate Venom sex scene, uh-huh. Morbius becomes more powerful than God, mm-hmm. the villain is Dracula, Dracula sex scene, Dracula sex scene 2. This is how you sell a Morbillion tickets. A Morbillion is very good. I I like that they tied in the uh, presence of the comic book sex scene discourse that's currently taking place. Oh, is there a comic book sex scene discourse happening? There is. There there are people kind of all over Twitter, and I forget which movie uh, this was. I forget why people started talking about this. Uh, Was it The Eternals? Yeah, probably The Eternals. Because that was Uh, the first on-camera implied sex scene of the mcu 
And there's been a consistent discourse happening where people um, who I'm going to call prudes and weirdos are saying that sex scenes shouldn't be in movies whatsoever. Uh, Which, like, come on, man. Uh, Like, even if you're asexual, I I don't think it makes sense for you to say, oh, because of because of my own existence and lived experiences, things shouldn't exist in media. Uh, we've talked about this before, right. uh, this viewpoint, but it's, it's real silly. Uh, it's like saying people shouldn't fight in movies. Like it, however you have to tell the story. It's silly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All aspects of the human experience are fair game when it comes to storytelling involving humans, because it's all we have. Yeah. And just whatever. Uh, anyway. Uh, so a, a fun little, and, and this is might be the last I have to say about Morbius, but a fun little side effect of Morbius's ironic explosion into memory happening is that, of course, uh, the people unfamiliar with the character were learning about him, whether they wanted to or not. And so we have uh, a man whose name I'm going to attempt to say, I believe it's David... Sismansky, sure, yeah. Uh, asking, wait, is he named Morbius because of the word morbid? And getting the response in all caps with a picture of somebody yelling at a small child is he is named Morbius because he can morb and says it's morbin time. Okay, sure. It's funny. Wait, is that the guy who's one of the developers on Dusk? Yes, Dusk Dusk Dev. Is oh, Dusk, his, uh, Dusk is cool. Dusk Dev is his uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, Dusk Dusk, Dusk is cool. Dusk uh, people are people are saying a lot of stuff about this Morbius movie. Okay, wait. I just I accidentally clicked on his page, and now um, <laughs> this is really funny. Funnier than the joke I just read. Uh, David Skamansky hours later replied to his own tweet. Asking, why is this tweet going places? <laughs> oh, no. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that is fantastic. I, I I just don't know what to do with this Morbius thing. I truly well, yeah, don't. I mean, so you're Sony Pictures, right? You've released Venom and Venom 2, or really... You released Venom, and it was a surprise hit smash success. You're like, oh, we're going to make more of these. And then you just start kind of shitting out movies. Yeah, you're like, uh, anything. And, and, like, the returns have been diminishing. Like, Venom 2 was really not, you know, the, the success wasn't there. And then Morbius, you you finally released after shifting it around so many times. Nobody knew if it was coming out or not. And then just it didn't perform well. But now... You log on to Twitter, your favorite web su- website as a, as a Sony executive, and you just see, you know, hundreds of thousands of people talking about the movie that just flopped harder than than the crimes of Dumbledore or whatever. <laughs> Maybe that one flopped harder. I don't know. But uh, now you're like, oh, God, people, there's interest, I guess, right? I mean, you got to imagine these people will kind of take anything so, like, any amount of engagement, like, oh, God, finally. Because, like, imagine, I, I don't know at the studio level what these relationships are like, but I imagine they're, like, executives and, like, product and brand managers who are like, oh, no, I manage Morbius. And then they go on Twitter and there's any engagement, like, oh, I got to get in meetings. 
I gotta I got show them that my life is worth something and we can do something with Morbius. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was I was Morbius did it and and shafted to this Morbius team, but look, 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 parents, look, spouse, look, executive bosses, people are embracing my horrible movie that I was assigned. I have to assume it's similar to any, like, software or consumer goods company where, like, there are people whose whole careers are based on whatever product they're supporting. So there's, like, people whose entire reputations depend on Morbius, and they're going to do everything in their goddamn power to make this into a thing. Right. No one wants to be the person left holding the tiller when the Morbius ship goes down. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be amazing watching this. Um, yeah, it, it, you ask for examples from the universe. You're like, can I please see a mediocre white man fail upwards? And then the universe renders unto you Morbius. <laughs> yes. Can I like, please, can I have the most incongruous movie possible that somehow has a strange second afterlife much like dr jack morbius <laughs> his name's michael michael morbius yeah his name's dr michael morbius mike morbs mike morbs <laughs> at mike morbs on twitter.com <laughs> at mike morbs Oh wait, that is that a thing mike morbs is there a mike what if morbs he's like a cpa uh, uh, what? Who is this man? Am just myself says his bio. <laughs> oh no, he's on Twitter. Damn, I thought we could get Mike Morbs. Yeah, Mike Morbs. We we can't. Unfortunately, we can't. We can't get that Twitter handle. He am just himself. Am just himself. Uh, I love it when something explodes onto the social media scene for the wrong reasons. And the, the these, these tight buttoned uh, rainbow profile corporations have to do like they embrace it, but they don't understand why it's big. Yeah. I, I think that's my favorite thing. I, I think maybe it, it feels like they don't get why it's big and it's easy to animize them in that way. And they probably get on some level, but like if it, presents a path to them making money they have to pursue it yeah that's uh, so the it comes off yeah. as as tone deaf but it's it's much dumber than that probably for, for real that's that's the uh the unfortunate part like you you think they're embracing it because they don't understand but they understand they understand that they can make money yeah and that's really all that matters right well henry john I know we just spent a while talking about, arguably, the greatest piece of art of the 21st century. Yes. Uh, but uh, but there's a, a little bit of news I wanted to share with you, assuming our Morbius conversation was at an end. Okay, well, we can put a pen in the Morbius conversation, but just like the undying Michael Morbius, we know we're never really be through with talking about Dr. Michael Morbius. Oh, I, not until the summer of Venom. It'll be more than a, hopefully less than a summer, actually. Not until the Venom verse. <laughs> we gotta name what this the thing minute, will be. The Venom Minute. 
the Venom in it. Because <laughs> it's shorter than the summer, I guess. <laughs> hey, man, it's Venom in it. <laughs> venom minute since we talked about venom oh my god okay start a new podcast the venom minute venom minute i'm gonna need a little for <laughs> we already found the theme song we just gotta contact lizzo to see if it's okay we just have to get lizzo on board oh god yes we're done with morbius for now but please please save us from whatever we're talking about Okay, so uh, I don't know about you, Henry, but I got what's called a liberal arts degree. I don't think that's true. I thought you got like a business degree. You're right. I actually got a bachelor's of science in business administration. I got the liberal arts degree. I don't know about you, Henry, but I took a couple of liberal arts classes and I consider myself a little bit of an art aficionado. Okay. Uh, side note, I noticed that, uh, the TV is in my, uh, gym. When they lose signal, they go to, I think it's Monet's Luncheon of the Boating Party, uh, which is, is really funny that they're in a gym that's like, well, if we lose signal, we want to make it look like we've got art on the walls, but it's this, it's massive walls full of like 60 inch super bright luncheons of the boating party. It's the most <laughs> garish, strange thing in the world. Uh, yeah, it's you're very just, bizarre. You're on the treadmill, CNN or whatever is on one of those 24 hour news channels, and you're reading headlines as you're, as you're just doing, you know, elliptical stuff or whatever, and then boom, culture just hits you in the face. I mean, my question is, like, do they think they're fooling people? Like, would I think they were, like, working on the cable or something, because all the TVs lost signal at the same time. And do do they think that people will walk and be like, huh, this gym's pretty nice. It looks like they have uh, 12 60-inch aggressively (laughs) backlit copies of the Luncheon of the Boating Party. This place must be pretty nice. Yeah, someone walks in and they're like, can you tell me about your your art theory? Like, is that... (laughs) Does that boost gains, or do, do you find people work out harder when they're staring at Manet's boat lunch? They need pointillism. It's not pointillism. Uh, impressionism? I don't know. Manet um, was, yeah, he was an impressionist painter. But yes, it, it is, when they go up on the, I can't stop thinking about this. When the signal is lost and it goes to luncheon of the boating party, Part of it is that there's a fake frame around it oh, in the video, so they're tr- nice. they're legitimately trying to make it look like they hung art. It's very funny to me, but of course we both know of Monet. I think it's Monet's luncheon of the boating party. Uh, but have you ever heard of a little painting called the Mona Lisa? Um, yeah, I, not only have I heard of it, John, I've seen it in person. Wow. You've seen it in person. Yeah. It's smaller than you think. Was it at the Louvre? It was at the Louvre. Uh, wow. You went to France. I have been to France twice, John. Wow. You're so much more cultured than I am. Well, when you grow up in Louisiana, you have to go to the homeland sometime. (laughs) 
Yes, you have to go back to uh, the home of the Acadians or whatever. Yeah, and then you go, you walk around and you're like, Le Bebata Boudoude, and they're like, what the fuck is this guy? What are you? It's <laughs> like, why do you understand French? And it's like, hey, it's nothing but a thing. <laughs> it's a uh, Michel. Um, oh, where, where can I get some scrimp? Let's... <laughs> It's a good thing that you saw it twice. Cherish those memories. Mm. Because a man who disguised himself as an elderly woman in a wheelchair smeared cake on the iconic painting at the Louvre yesterday in what appeared to be a climate protest. Huh, what? A man who was dressed as an elderly woman smeared cake on the Mona Lisa in what appeared to be a climate protest. As the man was being escorted away by security, he told the 100 onlookers in French, think about the earth. There are people who are destroying the earth. This is why I did this. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite (laughs) French criminals. Super interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yelling out, this is why I did this. But I'm having a heart. There's like a logical misstep happening, John. Oh? I, I what uh, people experiencing culture aren't the bad guys, right? Uh, so I would like to to take a moment. Was Da Vinci a climate change denier? Okay, slight, slight sidebar from this. Um, it's really interesting to me. Which, by the way, of course, the uh, Mona Lisa is covered in like four inches of bulletproof glass. Uh, so it did nothing to the painting. Uh, but I don't know that this is a climate protest. And I, I think we can actually turn to a very, very effective climate protest that happened within the last month by which to judge this attempted climate protest. And that is, of course, the climate protest by one James Cromwell. Ah, yes, the very famous British uh, naval officer. Uh, No, in fact, the very famous, maybe British? Hold on. Nope. Mm. Los Angeles, California. He's American. But he's an actor. He was in Babe and Succession. He's uh, Cousin Greg's grandpa in Succession. Oh, I might have been thinking of Oliver Cromwell. His middle name is Oliver. It is James Oliver Cromwell. So he was also in Secretariat, Becoming Jane, W, a lot of stuff. Super famous actor. Let's going to Google Oliver. How do you say Oliver Cromwell? Yeah, English general. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he was maybe an English was general and statesman, him. first as a subordinate and later as commander-in-chief, led armies of the Parliament of England against King Charles I during the English Civil War, subsequently ruling the British Isles as Lord Protector from 1653 until his death in 1658. He did a climate protest? No, James Cromwell, the actor. Oh, Uh, okay. Sorry, super confused. From Babe. Uh, So James Cromwell... He played the pig. (laughs) (laughs) He was the pig. Uh, So James Cromwell... Uh, you know Uncle Greg's grandfather in succession. You're you're aware of that person? Oh yeah, I am. He, he wait. He's giving all his money to Greenpeace. He is. He's giving all of his money to Greenpeace. But in the so, show, 
for that role, James Cromwell, incredible actor, very storied career, he would only agree to be in succession in a place of prominence is if his character was vehemently opposed to the Roy family. Oh, okay. Uh, he has been a lifetime activist, and in fact, at a Starbucks in New York City, James Cromwell, who's like six foot eight or something ridiculous, uh, walked up to the counter of this Starbucks, looked at the barista, smeared super glue on his hand, and slammed it on the counter, and super glued himself to the counter and sat on his own hand, disrupting business. To a Starbucks? To a Starbucks because he was protesting Starbucks upcharging you for non-dairy milks. And in fact, as he mm. sat on his hand, he, w- he was screaming justice for animals. He was telling people facts about factory farming and how bad dairy is. Uh, he's a lifetime animal rights activist. And guess what? After that shit, Starbucks put out a memo saying they're looking at making plant-based milks free. That is effective. Smearing cake on the Mona Lisa, not. Right, yes. I I hope he was saying, yes, use non-animal milk, but also not almond milk either. Yeah, don't use almond milk. Use oat or soy. Oat or soy is where it's at because they don't require billions and billions of gallons of water. Hemp and banana are okay, too. Those Uh, are milks. What? Those are milks? Those are milks. What? So many milks. Oh, too many milks. All right, so in one corner, we've got James Oliver Cromwell. uh, Famed general and pig. Famed general and pig. Super gluing his hand onto a Starbucks countertop and spouting educated facts, informed facts about uh, why, why dairy from animals is harmful to the animals and advocating for animal rights with a side effect of also being climate related and an enacted actual change uh, because one publicity and two, that one Starbucks poof, don't want to see their numbers for that day. They were not good. Uh, yeah, thought- <laughs> It's funny in the Starbucks memo, they're like, we're considered, we are looking into making our plant-based milks free. And we rec we, we love for people to protest, just not in ways that disrupts our business. I'm like, of, of course. course. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. Uh, and in the other corner, we have this Frenchman whose name we have not learned, um, who disguised himself as a, 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 an old elderly lady in a wheelchair who I'm guessing had cake under a blanket. Yeah, I just don't know where the disguise plays into it. Was it hidden in a walker? <laughs> Was it hidden in a walker? We're not quite sure. Somehow procured and and smuggled cake into the Louvre and smeared it on the glass of the Mona Lisa because of course it's under 4-inch bulletproof glass. Uh not saying anything while smearing the cake, but as he's being dragged away, by the, uh, the the authorities and security, he yells, uh, think about the earth, think about those who are destroying it, this is why I did this. And uh, there's the Louvre, famously, who commands the climate, has made no comment or change. Yes, absolutely. They have, they have not cha- the Louvre has not ended climate change as a result of this, unfortunately. Wow. Really powerful stuff. Really powerful stuff. Yeah, so I don't... It, was it really a climate 
protest or did he shout that out in the in like a last ditch effort to in, be like in the hopes in in the hopes that he would be considered some martyr for climate change just because he wanted to smear cake on the Mona Lisa. Here's my theory, John. Um, I don't know a lot of French comedians. Are you familiar with French comedians? No, I don't think they're funny people. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think, honestly, uh, this this poor man had grown up watching from across the pond or the 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 channel he was he grew up watching monty python he, he saw those antics he saw dressed up like a woman smear cakes on things you're gonna get a laugh you're gonna get a huge laugh a huge uproar laugh from from the unseen audience and then you'll be squished by a big foot that makes a fart sound exactly yes and ascend into comedy godhood if mm-hmm. you will uh, the problem is, like, the British humor doesn't always translate over to French humor. <laughs> and the comedian, this 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 comedian-to-be, wanted to make the biggest splash he could. He, he had to think of the biggest audience he could. And then he was walking past the Louvre when it struck him. The Mona Lisa sees upwards of thousands of people a day. Mm-hmm. What better place to make my debut? So he dresses up like a woman, he sneaks cake in, and he smears it on, and he's waiting for the laughter, and all he hears is just an uproar of cries and, and disgust, and, and the, the security is coming in, and he has to pivot, he has to think. He can't let people know he did this for comedy, because obviously it didn't work, and he won't be forgiven. So in a last-ditch effort, he yells out, uh, 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 the earth is being destroyed Think of the people who are destroying the earth. That's why I did this. Don't look at my social media presence where it says comedian. I mean, just like every failing comedian, when a joke fell flat, he made it about the audience. Exactly. You are the ones who need to understand my vision. I I gotta say, though, I, I think you paint a compelling picture of this vandal because I think... After he smeared the cake, when he saw the bobbies come out, he's like, oh, duh. I thought this was a Monty Python situation. It's much closer to a Benny Hill or a Mr. Bean situation. (laughs) And I don't have the chops for Mr. Bean. Do you guys? No. I'm going to make it about the earth. Very few people do. Yeah, his choices were attempt a Mr. Bean, potentially fail, and probably be executed on the spot, or pivot very hard, get away from comedy altogether, and just maybe serve a couple of months to years in prison. And he looked into the crowd and he saw Rowan Atkinson. He's like, come on, you do Mr. <laughs> Bean, get me out of this. And they just did a little chop-chop motion at his throat, like, I'm staying out of this one, I can't. Yeah, no, Mr. Bean, like, exited and pulled out his phone to promote, promote his new series on Netflix, Man vs. B. He's like, listen, I'm, I'm trying to bring Mr. Bean back. I can't get involved. Johnny English didn't work for me. They made two of those somehow. The, I think those movies actually rule. I'm a, I'm a big Johnny. Uh, Rowan Atkinson. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable uh, comedic talent. I'd like to build for you a really quick Virgin Chad dichotomy, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, I'm here. So, the Virgin. Absolutely. Uh, failed Monty Python a uh, faux climate activist dresses up like an old lady and smears cake versus the Chad 
1956 Louvre visitor who, when the Mona Lisa was not covered by bulletproof glass, threw a rock at it and permanently damaged the painting. When arrested by police and interviewed, he said, I had a stone in my pocket and suddenly the idea to throw it came to mind. Amazing. (laughs) So somebody who actually did damage to this probably the world's most famous painting by any by any standard had no ulterior motive other than well it was there yeah it's like well it's it's a real call of the void thing it's 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 pure id i can appreciate that yeah that's pretty great that that, that goes to show that um that i took a poetry class once and, uh, and you know, of course, this poetry class started out with, you know, talking about a different poetry class taught by a different person who said, like, oh, who's here because they really have, like, a message to get out. And, like, some people rose their hands. And this professor was like, I have nothing to teach you. I'm sorry. Nice. This is the wrong class for that. Uh, and people were confused. And he was like, oh, no, don't get me wrong. If you like words and images and sounds and you want to string those together, I can teach you that. But if you, if you try to do something with a message, it's just not going to work. So Mr. Climate Change Activist trying to smear cake on the Mona Lisa to get people to think about the earth, that didn't work. Uh, Mr. Stone in Pocket <laughs> actually damaged the Mona Lisa, inspired by the truest cosmos, uh, because there's beauty in just pure simple moments yeah absolutely i think that the 1956 guy is is much more of an artist now of course it's been a bad week for art a a two million dollar tabernacle was stolen from a catholic church in brooklyn with Um, chainsaws how do you steal a tabernacle where do you get a chainsaw in new york maybe more importantly who's in the market for one I, I was think honestly, I saw that headline like last night, and then in the shower this morning, I was like, I, it came to my mind again, and I was thinking about it. And it's like, well, you, obviously, you have to sell it in pieces, right? Yeah, but who's gonna buy like uh, uh, the choice cuts from a tabernacle? I think you gotta go to one of those like pawn for gold or, or gold for cash places, and. You just weigh the amount of gold that you managed to lop off in the piece, and you're like, hey, can I get money for this? Oh, was it a golden tabernacle? I didn't read the whole article. I believe it was golden, but I could be wrong. I mean, that'll do it. I just thought they really wanted that Eucharist. Yeah, no, it was a 200, 200, wow, this, here's a man who can't read. It was a $2 million gold tabernacle. I mean, listen. I get that the Eucharist, if you believe in transfiguration, is the body of Christ. But I mean, I feel like you could get a a more modest vessel for the body of Christ than a $2 million gold tabernacle. That's what the tabernacle is used for, right? Storing the Eucharist, am I wrong? I have no idea. Let's say yes. Okay. I'm just reading the Washington Post about this... uh... This this uh, whole ordeal, and this paragraph sticks out to me. Although police said the tabernacle was solid gold, Father Robert Whalen 
said in a 2013 program about the church that it was solid silver coated in 18 karat gold. Oh, not just solid silver. So, like, less than... Less than what you thought. I don't know. Who steals from a church? Who steals from a church except I... uh, While you're describing that, I actually know who did it. Oh, you know, the friend of yours? No, I, I was able to piece it together. Thinking it was gold or wood or whatever, I was like, why would someone do that now? Knowing that the tabernacle is silver, uh, of course it was stolen by some sort of vampire hunter uh, or, or werewolf hunter who is trying to make special extra holy bullets to kill his greatest prey of all, Dr. John Michael Morbius. <laughs> Hard times have fallen on the Helsing Manor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Having to steal two million dollar tabernacles to kill David Morbius. (laughs) (laughs) Keep changing his name. Uh, Yeah, so the third definition of tabernacle for those interested. An ornamented receptacle or cabinet in which a... What? Pix? P-Y-X? I don't know what that is. Or ciborium containing the reserved sacrament may be placed in Catholic churches, usually on or above an altar. I thought you just meant that that's where Catholic priests stored their pics. Ah, like pictures. Now I'm I'm gross. I I just was going to say like fun vacation pictures, but you can't talk about the Catholic church without being skeeved out. Okay, so a pix is a small round container used in Catholic, Old Catholic, and Anglican churches to carry the consecrated host Eucharist to the sick or those who are otherwise unable to come to the church in order to receive holy, and then the uh, the the uh, the definition stops there. So I, I would love for anyone listening to this podcast who, and I'm not talking shit, I don't want a smoke uh unless from, it's that white smoke nupo <laughs> nupo wait no i want the smoke that means the pope's okay oh um black smoke i don't know which it is um if it's red smoke it means the pope had his first period um however for what was i saying oh right for anglicans any anglicans who are listening to this uh, most people with semi-liberal arts education who took religion classes are kind of taught that the Anglican church was just like created as an end around to get a marriage annulled. So when an Anglican priest like takes out the Eucharist or goes through most of the Catholic uh, kind of movements, so they like roll their eyes a little bit. Like <laughs> do, if you're Anglican, does your church like take it seriously? Uh, let let us know, please. I'm, yeah. I'm truly, genuinely interested. Yeah, I mean, historically, the practices were pretty virtually the same, but uh, the, the structure of how the church was run was wholly different as the head of the Catholic Church was the Pope and the head of the Anglican Church was, of course, the King. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people, yeah, they say, oh, it was a way to get get around, like, yeah, to, to annul a marriage uh, but the very important thing to remember was that was only for the king. Only the king can get his marriage annulled. Well, of course. Normal people, you are stuck with the, the person you are married. 
until death do you part. In which case, welcome to the internal kingdom of heaven where your marriage need not apply. <laughs> Fascinating. I, uh, I I do think it's interesting that one of the small things they changed from Catholicism is obviously in Catholicism, you say peace be with you and the response is and also with you. Uh, in the Anglican church, they say, peace be with you. And then you say, and it's fine if the king gets divorced. (laughs) Right. Divorce is okay. Historical examples, because as we all know, those of us, the real heads who are in touch with the Catholic church's changes, know that the answer to peace be with you is now and with your spirit. Don't like it. Don't like that change. I think John Mulaney had a bit about it, but I don't like it. Yeah. I also yeah. don't like a lot of things about the Catholic Church. Yep. I really enjoyed that John Mulaney bit because that happened to me coming from a half-Catholic household where they changed all the stuff. And I was like, look, I didn't know this stuff before. Now I doubly don't know it. So I'm just kind of going to like space out for the next hour. Merry Christmas. I was uh, I was raised Baptist. Southern Baptist for the first few years of my life before we moved somewhere with an actual Catholic church because my parents were Catholic. And let me tell you, when you go to a genuine Catholic church, you're like, oh, all that kneeling. Yeah. I mean, when you're go, listen, I think in the Catholic church, they try to get you to like be healthy and move around a lot and just do a lot of activities. Southern Baptist church, you're still loaded up on sweet tea. You can't be kneeling. <laughs> you're going to lose a leg. Honestly. <laughs> You're gonna lose a leg. That's that's the main reason why they split the the southern the Southern Baptists. Yeah, that, that and you know it's very similar to Catholicism, but in Southern Baptists they say, "Peace be with you," and then you reply, "Can I get some of that Hunt Brothers pizza?" <laughs> Are you gonna finish that Hunt's Brothers pizza? Can I have a sweet tea and a catfish? <laughs> Peace be with you all. And a sweet tea for you. <laughs> the uh, the the Eucharist. This is offensive, actually. Yeah, okay. I, but since Got I was it. Southern Lose Baptist, Let's uh, the Eucharist is a fried Oreo. And uh, <laughs> the, the wine is sweet tea. Uh, fermented sweet tea. Dump it. We're not... <laughs> We're not doing these jokes. We're not doing these jokes. Every religion is sacrosanct, but when you've been one, you can make fun of it a little bit. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I can make fun of three religions then. Yeah, three. (laughs) I was trying to remember if I had any other religions. Thanks for using that pause to verify the amount of religions you can make fun of. It's a it's a verified three, but Anglicans reach out to us. Lutherans don't. We know you're busy. Well, yeah. Well, Lutherans, we know what you're about. The guy stapled ninety five theses on the door. We we've it's on your sleeves. Yeah, Anglicans, reach out. We want to know uh, what's on your mind. What you thinking about? What keeps you up at night? I mean, listen, I'd love for the Lutherans to reach out to us, but uh, historically, when they do, they're pretty verbose. Yeah, and look. I don't want nails in my door. I, it's a nice door. We have email for that now. Just don't. No more nailing theses to things. <laughs> if I could I'm make sick one. of getting these Reese's theses. Huh? Is that anything? Reese's theses? <laughs> like Reese's pieces? Okay. I when I get a time machine, going back in time. 
to before Martin Luther was born and going to his parents and like telling them, consider the name Reese's. <laughs> oh no. I mean, it, it would be much catchier. You'd learn about Reese's theses. Unfortunately, the sect would then be called Reesists. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's not the best, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it would all come out in the wash. Mennonites, yeah. let us know. Build us a barn about it. Are those, are those, wait, what's the difference between a Mennonite and like a Pennsylvania Dutch? I think Mennonites interface with the modern world and also have an incredible work ethic and build some of the best homes. Mennonites uh, are not prohibited from using motorized vehicles. I know that for damn sure. Oh, wow. You got hit by one? I think they can also... They can use to... You know what? Mennonites are just like chill Amish. Okay. Amish we're, take, are, we're taking okay. every We're taking every religion to task here on Zero Credits tonight. I mean, that's what you gotta do on the Michael Morbius episode. <laughs> yes. On Michael, on Michael Morbius Day, you gotta talk about every religion. I Except started the this one episode. true religion, Morbiusism. I started this episode saying Happy Pride Month, and here we are dragging <laughs> all religions in the name of Michael Morbius. If there's anything more prideful than dragging religions in the name of Jared Leto va- va- Vampire Julius Morbius, let me know. This is Pride. <laughs> People were talking about no kink at Pride, but I think there should be more Morbius. Wait, no, no kink at Pride, but there, there were some people, mostly straight people, who were like, "You shouldn't wear like fetish gear to Pride parades because there's like kids and it like sends the wrong message about the community." But it's silly. I don't know who's gonna win that one. I mean, I. I don't know. I just know that no matter who wins, Morbius, uh, no matter who loses, Morbius wins. Oh, all right. I think on that note, we need to wrap up Dr. Michael Morbius, uh, probably for the goddamn year. I'm okay with a moratorium, a morbatorium. God damn it. Yeah, okay. So a new podcast, the morbatorium. Yeah. Where we only talk, there's a moratorium on anything that's not Michael Morbius. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, we're starting so many podcasts this week. We, there's a lot of them. Yeah, we, we need to, okay, so one thing we need to do, maybe before we leave. Uh, so the summer is upon us, John. Everything's drying up. We're Here in Austin, we're, we're facing the hottest summer since 2013 when half a Bastrop burned down, mm-hmm. uh, which is a sentence I know not a lot of you will understand. Bastrop's a town. Fire is hot. I'm That's man- really all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what I was going to say, John, is like everything's drying up. The content's drying up. We, we might need to pick something to get us through this hot summer. Uh, last last year, famously, we did Hot Godzilla Summer, and it mm-hmm. was a rousing success. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was I was certainly roused, but I don't know that I could commit to a series. But I am so down to have another summer watch, summer of a summer summer viewing series. Yeah, for sure. We don't need to maybe limit it to a franchise, uh, but maybe this is what we'll do. Uh, if 
anyone out there listening has an idea for a movie we should cover. I know. So I already, I've been, one of them that we we should probably cover, John, because I've gotten this request multiple times, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, yeah. It has been a minute. We did say we'd do that one. Exactly. Uh, uh, But for everyone else out there, if there is a, a movie that you want us to do a supplemental reading on, please reach out and tell us. And we will most likely do it, mainly because it's too hot for us to come up with original ideas on our own. Uh, Yeah, I'm tired of reading my newsletters in the morning. Just give us – tell us what to do. Tell us what to do. Uh, We'll be good little boys and carry it out to the best of our ability. No no kink at pride, Henry. Okay, my bad. We'll be grown-ass men – ass men – no kink at pride. No kink at pride. Is that right? We'll be just men. Uh, no kink at pride. We'll just be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be. We'll just be. And we'll carry out the movie supplemental reading thing to the best of our ability. But yes, please send us suggestions. What movies do you want to hear us talk about uh, for better or for worse? Did I lose you? Oh, no. Uh, sorry, I was uh, looking something up. Uh, give us movies! Give us movies. Uh, so those of you who are waiting to find out how you can send us movie suggestions, you're just in luck, because here it is. The social media plugs for the episode. I'll take it away, John. Uh, if you want to reach us and give us movie suggestions on Twitter.com, you can do so by tweeting at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And uh, I believe John knows what that stands for. Uh, That stands for John dropped the ball on the call in response because he was desperately looking up an acronym generator, but he accidentally put in anagram finder and uh, nothing good came up. That is hilarious. If you have a longer list of movies that you want to send us that won't quite fit in the formatting that Twitter allows... You're in luck. We have an email address. Please send your movie recommendation list to email at zerocredits.net. We promise not to dox you until we have known you for at least five years. Uh, We're also on a slew of, uh, what are they called, podcast scraping services. That's not what other people call them. They just call them podcast services. We're on your good pods. We're on your pod chaser. We're on your Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Am- no, we're not on Amazon. Huh. Strange. Why would that be? Uh, whichever way you're using to listen to this podcast, please leave a rating and review on that service. It helps us out a great deal. But the most important thing you can do in your entire goddamn life is tell people you're listening to our podcast. Find people. Just find them. I don't know where they hang out. The grocery store, the library, wherever you see a person, track them down with your your skills, your supernatural skills. It's almost like you can sense where blood is and need it need to feed on that blood. And while you're while you're feeding on that blood, why don't you just drop a little podcast recommendation to your would-be friend or victim? Tell them zero credits is the only podcast. That's highlighting the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist as it's happening. That's impossible to do. We do the impossible every week. 
for better or for worse. Tell people about the podcast. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive, as we cannot suck blood out of things like the famous vampire, Dr. Michael Morbius. Put your hands together. Put your hands together for Dr. George Morbius. Of course, blood to the mouth is the only way he can survive. And if, if you are, if you're, if you're, if you're sucking blood, just don't uh, get got by the tabernacle bullets. I think that's like a Grimes album. <laughs> I think that's a Grimes album she did. Yeah. Before she became bad. Yeah. She did the, uh, she did the opening theme to Hilda and I'm, I'm just always confused by it. Oh, she did, um, uh, Morbius. No, she, she did Morbius. Morbius. Did she? No, she, she okay. to, that you would uh, rule. I do like Grimes music despite not liking her choices, but. Morbius would have been better with good music like Imagine Dragons. Oh my god. Yeah, in the middle of Morbius movie, Imagine Dragons comes on and Morbius like he he looks at he watches them for like 10 seconds and then just like snaps all their necks. I don't know what this guy does. <laughs> he snaps necks? I'm saying this is Imagine Dragons even though I know it's a wall nation of what's like bop 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 more. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, anyway. Yep. From everyone here at the Zero Credits, when will we stop talking about Morbius Studios? We'd like to wish you a good morb. A happy good, week. Good morbing. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> like, good morning? Yes. Good Sunday morbing, everyone. Oh, no. Good morbing. Good Sunday morbing. Good, good Sunday morbing. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.